and no one told you it was gonna be this fun We learn, we laugh, we play, come on everyone It's like you're always learning something new Expressions, vocab, fun facts, and grammar too This is FYI, it's your favorite show This is FYI, so now you know This is FYI, come on join me, let's go Welcome to For Your Info English You got it. Hello, 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 my amigos, and welcome to this, another exciting edition of your favorite topic-based podcast, FYI, for your English. And today we've got a really cool show for you. If you haven't figured it out yet, to figure out es averiguar, we're going to be looking at friends today. That's right, the most, one of the most famous sitcoms ever. And let's clear something up before we even begin. A sitcom is a situational comedy, and a series is usually, well, a little bit more involved. It's more structured. It's a little bit deeper. So think of situational comedy as something that's 25 minutes, the same characters in the same place. So that would put friends as a sitcom. But a lot of days people call these series as well. But if you want to be a stickler, rigorista, well, that would be the difference. So this is one of the most famous shows ever. It was more of a phenomenon than a show. And as you can see in the intro, I came up with my own version of the song by the Rembrandts. Now, the original version is, I'll be there for you. Ahí estaré a tu lado. Para ti, when the rain starts to pour, cuando empieza a llover a cántaros, to pour is lleva, llover a cántaros, but also pour is echar o verter. Could you pour me some more wine, please? I'll be there for you, like I've been there before. Como he estado anteriormente en el pasado. I'll be there for you, cause you're there for me too. Porque ahí estás para mí también. And I know, I know my version was better. I know, it's okay, but uh, let's take a look at the Rembrandt's version because we can learn a lot of English from it. Now, I just did the chorus. The chorus is El Estribillo. But the song starts with, So no one told you life was gonna be this way. Así que nadie te dijo que la vida iba a ser así. Your job's a joke. Tu, tu trabajo es una broma. You're broke. No tienes ni un duro. No tienes dinero. Your love life's DOA. Your love life, tu vida amorosa, is dead on arrival. No resucitar. O sea, es una canción un poco pesimista. It's a, a bit pessimistic, to be honest. You never would think that. He's saying, you know, nothing's going right. Your job's a joke. You're broke. Your love life's DOA. It's like you're always stuck in second gear. Como si sigues atascado. Great word. Stuck 
in second gear, in segunda, when it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year, when it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year. And then the chorus, El Estribillo. Now, it's a very catchy song. Catchy is pegadizo. But did you know that the cast, here we go with our fun facts, did you know that the cast, they weren't big fans of this song? Yeah, they didn't like this tune very much. According to Jennifer Aniston, my favorite friend, she said in her own words, no one was really a big fan of that scene, uh, of that theme song, excuse me. Yeah, that's what she said when they asked her about the song. But later on, when they asked her, she retracted a bit. And she said, well, I, I don't mean to say that. No quiero decir eso. She says, we just felt it was a little, I don't know, dancing in a fountain felt sort of odd. Odd es raro. But we did it. So uh, they weren't big fans of the song. I imagine us, the fans of Friends, are bigger fans of that song than they were. And I should clear something up before I go on. If it comes down to Friends and Seinfeld, I'm definitely going to go for Seinfeld. But I think Friends had more of a global repercussion. So when did the show first air? And to air is estar en emisión. When did it broadcast? Well, it aired for the first time, and of course this is in the United States, on September 22nd, 1994. And that's when it had its debut. Let's pronounce that word. No debut. In English, decimos debut. And, well, some would say it forever changed the face of American sitcoms. It ran for 10 seasons, 10 temporadas. And it wasn't only popular back in the day, but it is still one of Netflix's most streamed shows. Decades later, it's still a huge hit. In late 2018, uh, late is finales de, when Netflix announced that they were uh, going to drop the series, fans went nuts. Se volvieron loco. Yeah, they, they were so upset that they started a change.org. And the word upset is disgustados. Yeah, they signed a petition to tell Netflix, you'd better, masos vale, you'd better bring this show back. And you want to know what happened? <laughs> it worked. <laughs> it absolutely worked. The people made their voices heard, and they even had their own hashtag called Justice for Friends. And one of the show's creators, Marta Kaufman, her name is Marta Kaufman. It was created by David Crane and Marta Kaufman. But she, she said she had a hunch, una corazonada. She knew that it was going to be huge. And she said it was during the first rehearsal, in el primer ensayo. Remember, the verb is to rehearse, and the, the, the place, or the thing, I should say, is a rehearsal. And she said that she got chills up and down her spine. And she said, this is special. There is something special about what's happening right now in front of these cameras, the chemistry among these people, this is going to be huge. And was she right? I don't know if she had any idea how huge it would be, but yeah, she was right. David Crane and Marta Kaufman, as I just said, these were the creators or co-creators of Friends. Well, in the 1990s, they wrote a seven-page 
pitch. And a pitch is basically the way you sell something, an idea. And the original title, this is crazy, I don't think it would have been as popular. Maybe, you never know, in a parallel universe. But the original title that they had in mind was Insomnia Cafe. What do you guys think? Insomnia, it sounds kind of weird. It sounds kind of twisted. And well, thank God, good taste prevailed and they decided on Friends. But they had a couple other names in mind too. When NBC, the network, when they bought the pilot, uh, the title was Friends Like Us. And I guess they thought that was too long. Another title that they were working with, de hecho, cuando no tienen un título cerrado, it's called a working title. So another working title was Across the hall. But the one that they settled on, and to settle on, to settle on is to agree on, well, that one was simply friends. And I think uh, now we can all look back and they say that hindsight is always 2020. And hindsight means seeing something after the fact. So, and 2020 means that you have perfect vision. So it's always easy to say after the fact, oh, I knew it was going to be a hit, or I knew it wasn't going to be a hit. But they had this idea. They had a good feeling about it. It seems like they had the right cast, but we'll get to that because casting wasn't so easy. I mean, there were a lot of people who wanted to audition for these roles, so they had to decide on six and the best six, and it seems like they did. And there have been a lot of changes in the plot, no, la historia, and all of that stuff from the original script. Like, for example, Phoebe and Chandler, those characters, well, they were originally written as supporting roles, de apoyo. They weren't going to be the main characters. So imagine that, friends with only four friends. It just doesn't feel right. The original love interests in the script, well, that was supposed to be Joey and Monica. But in the end, as many of you know, those of you who watched Friends, it was Ross and Rachel. So as I said, they considered a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of talent in Hollywood and they could get whoever they wanted. But they settled on six people and it wasn't easy. The only one that really was easy was David Schwimmer. That's right. Now, David Schwimmer played the role of Ross. And the executive producer, Kevin Bright, well, he had worked with David Schwimmer in the past. And he knew that he wanted to work with him again. And so they wrote this role for this actor. I mean, that is truly an honor for them to contact you and say, hey, I've got a role for you in this new pilot, and it's yours. You're the guy. I wrote it for you. You don't have to audition. And uh, many people didn't know that. I didn't know that personally. Another thing about David Schwimmer as well is he directed 10 episodes of Friends as well. So he was uh, kind of their golden boy, if you will. But all of these people were not really well-known actors at all. They were all struggling artists in Hollywood trying to make a name for themselves. And well, with the success of this show, it turned these normal people, uh, these people into household names. And a household name is un nombre que se dice en cada casa. Vamos, un nombre muy conocido. And those people, we should mention their names, Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow, 
Matt LeBlanc, who played Joey. He was one of my favorite characters. I guess I identified with him a little bit, you know, a struggling actor, Italian-American, funny guy. You know, that was that was a little bit me, I, I have to say. And then there was Matthew Perry and the one I just mentioned, David Schwimmer, who didn't even have to audition. Now, when they first started this, the, the only one that was really known on any level was Courtney Cox. She was the most famous cast member. And I use the word famous in air quotes because she was in Bruce Springsteen's video. Even if we're just dancing in the dark, can't start a fire. You can't start a fire without a spark. And if you remember, there's a girl who gets on stage. That's Courtney Cox. <laughs> so um, she was. She had her 15 minutes of fame, but little did she know that she was going to become a household name. But she, as I said, was the, the most popular one going into it. And now, I mean, this is debatable, but I think most people would say the most successful friend after the fact, decades later, would definitely be Jeff Jennifer Aniston. Now, does anybody disagree with that? And Jennifer Aniston almost didn't play the role of Rachel. It was almost played by Courtney Cox. Yeah, the producers originally asked her to play Rachel. They said, okay, we loved your audition. We want you to play Rachel. And she said, no, I don't want to play Rachel. I want to play Monica because she thought that Monica was a stronger character. So can you imagine that? Somebody other than Jennifer Aniston as Rachel? It's unthinkable at this point. But if the producers had gotten their way to get their way is salirse con la suya, well, that's the way it would have been. It would have been Courtney Cox playing the role of Rachel. And who knows who would have played Monica. And in the bonus part of today's show, we're going to take a look at all the different ways to describe each character. So we're going to learn a wealth of adjectives. We're actually going to look at the original character descriptions according to the producers. And I think we're going to learn a lot. That's in the bonus part of today's show. We're also going to talk about the naming of Central Perk and why it makes sense on so many levels. We'll look at why they had a live audience sometimes and other times they didn't do the show in front of a live audience. Plus, we'll look at some of the hardships and controversies behind the scenes and some of the rituals that they did as well. If you'd like to receive bonus material, PDFs, classes with me, and so much more, there's a world just waiting to be discovered over on Patreon.com. Join our curious community at Patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. I'd like to send a shout out to all my patrons, especially my super duper students, Francisco, Sabela, Tony, Roberto, Jose Maria, Mila, Alex, Patricio, Edgar, and Lolis. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Carmen, Diego, Diana, and Pilar. Thank you so much to all of you. This show would not be possible without you. 
And if the rest of you are interested in becoming a patron, find out more at patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso or drop me a line. I'd love to give you some more information and even some samples if you'd like it. I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. You know that iconic fountain in Central Park in the opening credits of Friends when they're jumping in the fountain and the song is playing? I hate to bust your bubble, or to burst your bubble, you could say, amargarte la fiesta, but it didn't take place in New York. Nope, I'm sorry, it wasn't in New York. I know, I know it looks like New York. In fact, it was designed after Central Park's Pulitzer Fountain, but really, it took place in Burbank. Burbank California on the Warner Brothers lot. Yeah, I know. I know how many of you have gone to Central Park and said, where's Central Park? And where's uh, all the Friends stuff? And and, and that fountain, and it looks a little bit different. That's because it's not. It's Hollywood. It's the magic of show business. Marta Kaufman was not the only person to have a hunch that this was going to be huge. There was, there must have been some kind of feeling, some kind of vibe in the air that everybody could feel. In fact, director James Burroughs, he directed some of the episodes between 1995 and 1997. Well, he brought the six cast members to Las Vegas before the show debuted because he quote unquote had a feeling about the show. And they went to Caesar's Palace. Caesar's Palace is a famous casino in Las Vegas. Oh, and if you haven't heard the episode on Las Vegas, don't forget, we've got an episode on Las Vegas, the Statue of Liberty, and so many other interesting topics. Just go over to wherever you listen to podcasts and hit follow. So he took them to Vegas. They went out to a nice fancy dinner, fancy de lujo, and and as they were having dinner and having a great time and laughing, he looked at them all and he said, and I quote, this is your last shot at anonymity, right? Anonymity means you are anonymous. Let's pronounce those words. Anonymity, anonymous. And he told them once the show goes on the air, you guys will never be able to go anywhere again without being hounded. And to be hounded, a hound is un sabueso, but to be hounded is molestado, no fastidiado. And he was right. They were right. I hope this director bet some money while he was in Las Vegas because, well, it seemed he like he was on a roll, como si estuviera en racha. And then the icing on the cake, la guinda, was that later on in the show, what they did is they got married. There was a scene where they got married. And when I say they, obviously, I mean Ross and Rachel got married. There's a, a scene, a very famous scene, a very famous episode where they are at Caesar's Palace. And well, it was kind of a, a wink, a nod, un guiño, uh, ese momento que tuvieron. So it's, uh, it's kind of cool. Uh, reality is sometimes stranger than fiction, isn't it? And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking now, 
They played friends on TV. They seemed like they got along. Remember, to get along or to get on, as the British people say. To, they seemed like they got along. Llevarse bien. But you never know what happens behind the scenes. But you're lucky because I've done some research and I'm going to tell you all about that in the bonus part of the show. So I guess we can end this part of the episode by asking the question that you're all asking. Is there going to be a Friends reunion? Are they going to get back together? Are they going to do a reboot or something like that? I mean, reboots are really popular these days in Hollywood. Are they planning anything like that? Well, according to them, no way. It's out of the question. If something is out of the question, es que no va a pasar. In 2015, uh, they asked Courtney Cox on The Late Show with David Letterman, and they said, well, what's going on? Is there any possibility of a Friends reunion? And she said, and I quote, it's not gonna happen. Ni de coña would be the translation. And she said that it was hard enough to get the cast, remember, castes, reparto, it was hard enough to get the cast together for, you know, a relaxing dinner, never mind a reunion show, you know, that films every day. And we're going to talk about that too in the bonus part. They're very rigorous filming schedule and filming in front of a live audience. It took its toll on the actors. Pasó factura. And we are going to look at that and so much more in the bonus part of today's show. So I'd love for you to join us there. If you're not sure and maybe you're thinking about it, you're playing with the idea, toying with the idea, se puede decir también, just let me know. I'll send you the bonus content. I can send you some PDFs. You can take a look and see if it's right for you. But as you know, when we come back, the learning, the laughing, and the fun will continue because I'm here with my friends talking about the show Friends on this week's episode of FYI.